Three weeks into the season, things are looking pretty good for Penn State, but nobody has a clue what bowl they could potentially be going to at the end of the season. We'll talk about that and a whole lot more in today's episode of Locked On Nittany Lions. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. your daily Big Ten fix with the Locked On Big Ten podcast hosted by our friend Nate Dickinson and joined by a rotating panel of Big Ten hosts across the Locked On podcast network, including yours truly. Every Tuesday, we talk all things Big Ten. So if you want to get a Big Ten football update, start taking a look at Big Ten basketball, anything else going on around the conference, Nate is going to have you covered there with a terrific panel of co-hosts throughout the week every monday through friday on the odyssey app or of course you can also watch it on youtube but make sure you're listening on the odyssey app on the go and while you're doing that make sure you're following the locked on nittany lions podcast on the odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast what's going on everybody my name is kevin mcguire i'm the host here of locked on nittany lions happy to be with you here every monday through friday and joining in the conversation over the weekend as well as we get ready for another penn state game week not quite as much anticipation or excitement for this weekend's matchup against the Villanova Wildcats, but still, nonetheless, we've got a Penn State game to look forward to. Things are going pretty well for the Nittany Lions, and we're starting to take a look. It's dangerous to do so, but we're starting to take a look into the future to see where Penn State could potentially be going bowling. And the thing is, it's so early in the season, there are so many different paths to travel here. So we'll take a look at what the latest bowl projections have in store for Penn State. James Franklin, a little bit mum on a player situation and why he wasn't playing the last couple of weeks. We'll talk about that as well. And of course, our YouTube comment of the day is going to lead us into a little bit of an interesting discussion about the state of the Big Ten and what Penn State has to look forward to the rest of the season. But as I said, we do this podcast every Monday through Friday, so make sure you're following on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. If you want to get your Penn State podcast fix on the go, listen to us at the gym while you're making dinner, just need something to keep you company while you're at work, make sure you download the latest episodes every Monday through Friday so you can get your Penn State football fix on the go on your preferred podcasting app. Of course, we are also on YouTube. We're into our second week here on YouTube. Things are going pretty well. If you are watching this video on YouTube, I want you to give this video a thumbs up and also leave a comment down below as the podcast plays out. We want to get your input. And of course, we feature one of the comments in the next episode. So maybe you're going to have then tomorrow's YouTube comment of the day. So feel free to be involved with that as well. And maybe we'll call you out in the next episode. We'll get to our YouTube comment of the day later on in this podcast. But of course, we are still trying to figure out exactly what's the status of John Lovett. Okay, so this is the Baylor transfer running back who I was pretty excited to see join this program. I thought that as far as Penn State's running back needs, he added a veteran presence. And I felt like that was pretty important for this Penn State team because we sort of expected that Noah King coming back was going to be great and all, and especially if he's going to stay healthy, but he's still a little young. He still has a little bit of uh, room for development, and the rest of the running backs in the running back room, also pretty young. I know Devin Ford got some opportunities last season. Kevon Lee uh, got some opportunities to get involved and had some big splashes last season as well, and we're already starting to see a little bit of that 
this season as well. But the addition of John Lovett, I thought, was a player that added you know, veteran leadership, uh, battle-tested, was one of the leading rushers for Baylor during his time in Waco. So this was a nice, good quality addition to Penn State. Now, little did I know, or little did anybody know, he was not going to play in the first two games of the season, and we still have no real idea why. So the idea that he was serving some kind of internal suspension was a pretty popular one, uh, but there doesn't really appear to be much weight behind it other than the fact that that's probably the likely scenario because there hasn't been any kind of a health update or anything. And James Franklin, you know James Franklin, he's not going to tell you a whole lot when it comes to injuries, when it comes to suspensions. He will kind of address that there was an internal issue when needed, but this is not something that he seemed to be uh, willing to share a whole lot of information about. So I understand coaches, especially James Franklin, he's not going to get too involved with uh, details about a player being disciplined or his health situation. Uh, unless uh, there's something really significant going on. So this could just be a minor thing, whether it's an injury or a suspension, uh, internal discipline, who knows? Uh, it's an all guessing game right now. James Franklin absolutely not answering any questions, providing any details. He did seem surprised by the idea that there was a report out there that said that he was uh, serving a suspension. Uh, but we did get a chance to see him finally get involved with the team this past weekend against Auburn. You saw a little bit of him on special teams. You saw him lining up with the offense. Assuming that he's going to be available for the rest of the season, I think that is a good addition to this Penn State offense. And I think he's going to be a player that's going to make some plays. And that's why it's good to finally see him back on the field. Again, I don't know why he wasn't on the field for the last two games. Uh, I believe he was one of the players that did not make the opening trip uh, in week one to Wisconsin. Obviously, Penn State was home in week two, but he did not play for that game. So it's just kind of a, a little bit of a mystery. I don't know how much we need to dig into this one, though, because it it's probably something minor. I can't say one way or the other, but uh, given the fact that he did not play in the first two games of the season and now he's getting a chance to play in week three, uh, I'm guessing he'll be available in week four against Villanova. Maybe this will be a good opportunity actually against the Villanova team to kind of get him a little bit more involved, get his running legs back underneath him in game form. Uh, this could be a good week for something like that, which I'll talk a little bit about later on in this episode, but I just feel as though it's a it's an unknown question that will not be answered, I think, by James Franklin, and that is pretty much his MO. He does not really dig into or share any of those uh, details regarding player injuries, suspensions. Again, he'll allude to a player being disciplined, but he'll always say it's being handled internally. And to James Franklin's defense, a lot of coaches handle things like that. So if it's something minor, fine, whatever, let's all move on. If it's something more significant, I'm sure we'll find out at some point in time. But for right now, uh, James Franklin not interested in letting you know why John Lovett did not play in the first two games. And you know, honestly, I'm going to turn the page and uh, let's just see if he comes out here this weekend against Villanova and then a couple weeks against Indiana and then Iowa and so on and so forth. Because if Lovett is going to play for this Penn State offense, he is going to be an asset. So it's important to have him on the field Let's make sure he stays on the field.
Another home game this weekend for the Nittany Lions against Villanova. It's a noon kickoff, so you want to plan your tailgating festivities a little bit earlier. But one of the first things you have to do before you make that trip is make sure your car or your truck or RV is in good working condition. And if you need anything for your vehicle to make that trip to Happy Valley, make sure you go to rockauto.com and find all the parts you need at some of the best prices you're going to find on the market. Rock Auto is a family business. They've been doing this for 20 years, serving customers all of their auto parts supplies needs. And we all know that nobody likes going out and buying something for their vehicle. They don't like going into the store. If you're like me, you don't like looking through those cross-reference guides in the middle of the aisle, having a pushy salesman come up to you and making you feel like an idiot. You don't have to do feel like that with rockauto.com. Don't believe me? Well, go for yourself and check it out. rockauto.com, enter the make and model of your vehicle and see all the parts available to you. When you check out, because you are going to check out, make sure you're right locked on in their how did you hear about us back so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. If there's one thing I say every college football season that I hold true to heart, it is that you have to let a season play out and not rush to any early decisions on who should or should not be playing in the college football playoff. And that trickles down to who's playing in what bowl game. So bowl projections, as I've said before, and I will say again, are something that are for pure fun and entertainment purposes only in the middle of September or the end of September, even in the beginning and middle and end of October. I don't really focus on the bowl picture at large until we get into the thick of November when the season is starting to come down to the line. That is when we have a much better understanding of how the different conferences stack up, which way would the pecking order be for different bowl tie-ins by conference. Obviously, every conference handles their bowl situation a little bit differently. Some have a, a straight tier where the top team goes here, next team goes here, next team goes there and there and there and so on. Uh, other conferences are saying, all right, well, let's just figure out the best possible bowl matchups and we'll send this team to this bowl because this matchup looks like it'll be pretty fun. This bowl team hasn't been to this bowl game in so many years. Let's send them there. Every conference is different. The Big Ten has a little bit of a pecking order. It's not necessarily concrete. There is some room for wiggling around a little bit. But as far as I'm concerned, it is far too early to get too caught up in what bowl game Penn State is going to. That said, what bowl game is Penn State going to? So one of the things I did on NittanyLionsWire.com this week was take a look at some of the updated bowl projections that are out there. And to no real surprise, there is such a wide range of possibilities here uh, for Penn State and the bowl season. No, none of the bowl projections that I saw had Penn State playing in the college football playoffs. So let's just wipe that one off the board entirely for right now. Obviously, if Penn State continues to win a whole bunch of ball games, things could change. But for right now, I don't think anybody's looking at Penn State as a college football playoff team compared to some of the other top college football playoff contenders that are out there. Again, that opinion can change. It's not my opinion right now, uh, but I still feel as though this is a Penn State team that is absolutely worthy of getting into a New Year's Six Bowl game. I said that at the beginning of the season. I'm not stepping back from that opinion right now. In fact, I feel more verified and justified in that belief going into the season than I was hoping for because I didn't necessarily anticipate a win against Wisconsin. I always thought that Penn State was going to split with Wisconsin and Iowa. That still is a possibility, but the fact that they got the win against Wisconsin, uh, they have 
beaten Auburn at home. Uh, those are two swing games that I've talked about at the beginning of the season that I felt had to go Penn State's way if they want to have a really good season. Uh, they got two swing games down. They still have a few more to go uh, throughout the rest of the season, but we can worry about those later. Bottom line is Penn State is 3-0. They have been moving up the rankings. They've been moving up power rankings. They've been moving up the polls uh, very quickly. And two, part of that is because other teams have lost. But you know, Penn State has two top 25 wins. They look like a legitimate uh, team right now, uh, really gaining a lot of encouragement and some confidence and really gaining a lot of national respect. So I think a lot of people are kind of starting to realize that maybe 2020 really was the exception for Penn State. Still a long way to go, but it is certainly a very encouraging start. So where is Penn State going on these bowl projections? So as I was kind of alluding, there's so many different options here because there are so many different ways that this season can still go, which we'll talk about in the next segment. But I think when we're looking at these bowl projections, it's important to remember a couple of things. First and foremost, these are a projection of how the rest of the season is going to end. So as Penn State gets into Big Ten play, it's still likely and possible, I should say, that Penn State will lose at least one game this season. They haven't gone undefeated since 1994, so we know that getting through the season undefeated is very difficult to do, and there are some really tough challenges ahead for Penn State with a road game against Iowa, Ohio State, uh, Michigan. Michigan State has been looking pretty good as well, so when you take a look at these projections, you have a sense for how these projectors projectionists are expecting Penn State's regular season to go once they get back into Big Ten play. Some of them are very good. There are a couple projections that have Penn State in the Rose Bowl. There are a couple that have them in the Peach Bowl. There's one I think that has them in the Fiesta Bowl. Uh, and then they go down and I think CBS in particular with Jerry Palm uh, has Penn State playing in the, the Outback Bowl. So that's probably the lowest tier bowl game that I saw when I was going through all these different projections. I know that USA Today has Penn State playing in the Citrus Bowl against Ole Miss. In fact, let's run down the bowl projections that I came across here, starting with that USA Today uh, matchup in the Citrus Bowl against Ole Miss, which of course would be really fun because Ole Miss is coached by Lane Kiffin. They've got a quarterback in Matt Corral that's just lighting up the box score every week. So that would obviously be a really fun test. But again, Citrus Bowl, it's not a New Year's Six Bowl game. It is a good January 1st bowl game. So I don't think there would be too many people that would be disappointed playing in Citrus Bowl. Plus, Matchup against Ole Miss, that'd be pretty fun. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe that Ole Miss is one of the SEC teams that Penn State has never played. So you can check that one off the list as well. If you go down some of the other bowl projections, the, the loftiest bowl projections I saw have Penn State go into the Rose Bowl. So ESPN has two guys that do the bowl projections there, um, Marshall Abach and Kyle Benangula. I just butchered his name, but I apologize for that. But uh, they both have Penn State going to the Rose Bowl where they would be playing the UCLA Bruins. So Chip Kelly, UCLA, obviously had a setback this past weekend. But I think uh, when you expect that maybe Oregon is going to play in the college football playoff, uh, both these guys have UCLA sliding into the uh, the Rose Bowl as the Pac-12 representative. It would be a pretty fun matchup, and Penn State has not played UCLA in decades, so it would be nice to see that renewed. Uh, it would be UCLA's home field, although you know that Penn State fans will travel uh, en masse to the Rose Bowl. That would be pretty fun to see for a new team that we haven't seen Penn State play in a while. Uh, 
What about the LSU Tigers? So over on CBS Sports, this is actually the lowest projection that I saw. Uh, there may be others that are lower, but uh, going to the Outback Bowl just feels like such a downer right now, given all the wave of optimism that we're seeing from Penn State right now. But Jerry Palm's got Penn State slated in the Outback Bowl against LSU. Now, I love the Outback Bowl. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm a big fan of the Outback Bowl, but when you're talking about a possible spot in a New Year's Six Bowl game or even the Citrus Bowl, the Outback Bowl is a significant step down in where I want this season to be going. So again, I'm not going to complain about an Outback Bowl. I love Outback Bowls. I love Bloomin' Onion. I love the shrimp. I will take an Outback Bowl any season, uh, but not this season. I want Penn State to go to a better bowl game. I think they're a better team than the Outback Bowl deserves. So I do think that the Outback Bowl, I can understand the logic behind it because probably Penn State may lose once or twice in Big Ten play and you know the whole pecking order of the Big Ten higher alliance there uh, will be, remain to be seen. But going to the Outback Bowl just feels like a real downer right now. Uh, college football news has Penn State in the Fiesta Bowl where they would take on the highest ranked group of five conference champion. This sounds familiar? Yeah, that's what Penn State's last bowl game was against Memphis in the Cotton Bowl two seasons ago. This time they would be playing the Cincinnati Bearcats. Who knows if Luke Fickle will even be the head coach. Uh, if James Franklin isn't USC's head coach, it may be Lou Fickle. So, uh, you know, Cincinnati, very good team, coming off a really good win against Indiana. Uh, wasn't the cleanest game, but hey, a win against Indiana is a good win for Cincinnati. Very curious to see what Cincinnati does in a couple weeks against Notre Dame. But, uh, you know, Penn State, Cincinnati, I have seen that in person one time. And I believe that was my first Penn State game ever where Penn State won 81 nothing. Going home, my dad says, don't get too used to that. It's not always like that. So, um, you know, I don't think that Penn State would beat Cincinnati 81 nothing. I do think that Penn State would beat Cincinnati, but that would be a really fun game too. And you know me, I'm a big fan of these group of five programs. I've been watching all of these programs. I want to see them compete at that high level. Uh, Cincinnati obviously is going to be one of the schools that will be leaving for the Big 12. I don't know what the exact timeline is for that as of right now, but uh, Cincinnati is a really good group of five program. They've had a good run. They uh, obviously cracked into the New Year's Six last year. We'll see if they can do it again in back-to-back -back years. It's tough to do in the group of five to go back-to-back -back seasons uh, with a group of New Year's Six bowl game, but Cincinnati probably has as good a chance as any to do it. What about the Action Network? Good old Brett McMurphy, one of the best college football reporters out there as far as I'm concerned. He's got Penn State in the Peach Bowl against the Clemson Tigers, and he's not alone. Steven Lassen, my buddy from over on Athlon Sports, has Penn State taking on the Clemson Tigers in the Peach Bowl in Atlanta. Now, I've been clamoring for a long time. If Atlanta's going to continue to have that Chick-fil-A kickoff classic game, I think that Penn State going into that game would be a lot of fun whoever they would be paired up against. I know that they like to go with an ACC-SEC uh, matchup as much as possible. I get it because of the region, but I think Penn State playing in it. If Penn State's going to go to a neutral side game, that's the one I want them to go to. I think Atlanta is a terrific college football town. I've never been there. I would love to experience it in person. But uh, going to Atlanta for the Peach Bowl against the Clemson Tigers, yeah, that would be pretty fun. Dabo Sweeney, uh, you know that he's going to be a quote machine. Uh, James Franklin versus Dabo Sweeney would be a pretty interesting coaching matchup. Clemson obviously not having as great of a season as they have, are accustomed to right now. They continue to trend downward in the rankings. Penn State just passed them recently, but 
Penn State and Clemson. Clemson is one of those schools that has a 100% winning percentage against Penn State. They've only played once before, so long-awaited revenge game situation for Penn State. I don't know. Let's not go that far. Clemson would still be a really good team to take on Penn State, uh, but it would be a pretty fun matchup. I'd be down for that. So Peach Bowl, Clemson, a couple bowl projections have that. Let me know which one of those bowl projections you like the most. If you're watching on YouTube, I want you to leave a comment down below and let us know which bowl projection that I just mentioned is your personal favorite among those uh, decided. Obviously, I know you would love to see Penn State in the college football playoff, but of the ones that I just mentioned, let me know uh, which ones you would, would most prefer. And if you are listening in audio form, I still want to hear from you too. Reach out to us on our Twitter account at LockedOnNittany and let me know which of those bold projections is the sexiest to you. I would like to know which one you prefer. If you can take your hand pick of any of those bold projections I just matched up, let me know which one it is. So again, reach out to us on our Twitter account at LockedOnNittany, or if you're watching on YouTube, leave a comment down below. And don't forget to give this video a thumbs up. You're probably not going to have to sweat your way through Penn State's game this weekend, but if you're someone like me who struggles with some profusive sweating issues that you're really embarrassed about sometimes, then check out Sweatblock. Sweatblock has antiperspirant wipes that you can use on your face once per week, and that's how effective they are. That's going to help you calm down your sweating, and it's going to help you make you feel like your shirt is actually dry during the day. That's for their dry shirt guarantee, and the way it works is very simple. At the end of the night, just take one of their antiperspirant wipes, you wipe it on your face, wipe it wherever else you may have some sweating issues, and let it take effect for a couple minutes. Go to bed, wake up the next morning, go through your normal morning routine, and all of a sudden, your sweating issues are going to be a thing of the past. You can go through your day, you can do everything you've wanted to do without having to worry about breaking out into a sweaty glow. Nobody likes that. Nobody likes being the stinky guy. So sweat block is going to help you out. They also have deodorant. They also have deodorant lotions. So if you want a little bit of extra protection against sweating, sweat block's got you covered there. This is the number one product on Amazon in the antiperspirant category. And with over 13,000 reviews, you can take their words for it. So if you want to check it out for yourself, go to sweatblock.com. You can use the promo code locked on and save yourself 20% on your next order. You can also find Sweatblock at your nearest CVS and your other drugstores of choice. We're still a couple of days away from Penn State's next game and a full slate of college football this weekend, followed by another glorious NFL Sunday. Of course, football will be played Thursday night, so now's a great time to head on over to betonline.ag and check out all the latest lines and the props that are on the board for Thursday night football, some Friday night action, and then of course your full slate of college football. So there is no line for the Penn State game right now because they are playing an FCS team, but I'll give you two lines that I like right now. I love Notre Dame plus six and a half against Wisconsin. That game's being played in Chicago. And I will take Army minus eight and a half all over the Miami, Ohio Red Hawks. I just roll with Army every game and it's paying off. So if you're not on the Army train, now's a good time to get in on that. And now's a good time to get in on all the college football betting action going down this weekend right from Bet Online. As I said, they've got all the odds, they've got props. You can even check out all the futures that they have available for you. Penn State winning the, the national championship plus 2,500. What do you think? 
So go to betonline.ag, check out all the odds and props they have. Signing up for an account is totally free. It doesn't cost you a dime to get signed up for an account. All you gotta do is sign up for your account with your email address, you register, you're good to go. Then when you make your first deposit into your account, make sure you use the promo code NFL100 and BetOnline's gonna give you a 100% welcome bonus to get you started. That is free money, folks. No matter how much you put in, you use the promo code NFL100, they will top in 100% on top of that. Free money, listen to the Locked on Bets podcast. They'll tell you how to make the best bets this weekend, and then you're going to take advantage of that extra money that BetOnline gave you to get going. So BetOnline is your online sportsbook experts, and check out all the odds and props going down this weekend. All right, final segment of today's episode of Locked on Nittany Lions, and as we will begin to do every episode, we're going to kick off the third segment with our YouTube comment of the day. This one comes from Nick, who commented on yesterday's podcast on the YouTube channel. He says, the expectations have been set higher than 9-3, and three, but it's still going to be tough. I think everyone is going to get at least one loss in conference. And that brings me to my final thought on where Penn State is going this particular college football season. We already know, starting off the year 3-0, everybody's feeling good, as you should, because Penn State has two victories against top 25 teams, teams that are currently ranked in the top 25, and that is something to be bragging about because not a whole lot of schools can say that. I think Iowa is the only other team out there who has two wins against top 25 teams, but one of those teams was Indiana, and Indiana is now 1-2, and two, and they dropped out of the top 25 after Iowa beat them. So, again, where you are ranked when the game is played is a little bit different from where you are ranked at any other point in the season because some teams get better, some teams get worse, and one team that is marginally better than I was expecting to see this season, or significantly better than I was expecting to see this season, is Michigan State. And Penn State doesn't play Michigan State until the last game of the season. The land-grant trophy is going to be on the line, of course. We'll see what the situation as far as postseason outcomes are concerned by the time that game runs around. Because Michigan State is off to a really good start this season. They went on the road. They clobbered Northwestern. They just went on the road this past weekend and pulled away from Miami. It was a good, close game for a while, but... Very impressive win for the way that Michigan State just reacted and strove to the finish line against Miami. It's not easy for a Big Ten team to go down to Florida in the months of September and, and battle those the heat and humidity that is down there in Florida in Miami. You know, it's sticky down in Florida the way that this weather is sometimes. But Michigan State handled it very well, and they just pulled away from a Miami team that may not be very good once again this season, but still... I'm going to give kudos to Michigan State because Mel Tucker has been doing some really good things for that Michigan State team. And all of a sudden, the Big Ten East looks a lot more challenging and maybe a lot more open than it has been because it feels like for how many years have we gone into the year saying, all right, Ohio State is clearly the team to beat not only in the Big Ten, but even in the Big Ten East. Even when Penn State had their best seasons in recent memory, there was still the idea in the back of your head that Ohio State's probably still a better team as well. And I've always said that. I've felt that even the year that Penn State won the Big Ten by upsetting Ohio State, I still felt as though Ohio State was a better all-around team. You know, sometimes the best team loses a game, and that opens up the door for a tiebreaker situation. Penn State took full advantage of that. They should not be apologizing for that by any stretch of the imagination. But sometimes the best team doesn't win every game. Uh, But here's the thing, all right? Penn State is looking really good. 
Ohio State is struggling, but I suspect that they will be able to figure things out with all the talent that they have, with all the coaching that they have. I'm not pushing any panic buttons with the Ohio State Buckeyes right now. I still think they're going to be very good, and they may still end up being the team that has to be beaten in this Big Ten East. But then the Michigan Wolverines are coming in, and they're just pile-driving or steamrolling everybody with their running game. They're running for 3,000 yards a game, it seems, as though they're doing. And that is like a Jim Harbaugh staple, a good, solid running offense, looking like they're playing good defense. Again, level of competition hasn't necessarily been there, but they have handled their business. They're getting their business done, and that's pretty impressive. So they're doing everything you need to do when you want to be a good team. Penn State has done everything they need to do if they want to be a really good team by beating Wisconsin and Auburn. Uh, good, tough defensive battles, and they have found ways to win. Uh, Sean Clifford coming off one of his best games that I've seen him play in a Penn State uniform. Again, maybe not statistically as far as total yardage is concerned, but certainly effectiveness and efficiency. There's certainly a lot of things to like about where this Penn State team is going. And as we've addressed in the last two episodes, there are still some concerns about what Penn State is going to do running the football and stopping the run. And especially when you've got teams like Michigan, Michigan State and Ohio State and Iowa that are running the ball as well as they are. There is the reason to believe that Penn State's probably going to get tripped up somewhere along the way. But as Nick says, this is a division now in the Big Ten East where everybody could lose at least one game. So that may hurt in terms of a college football playoff push, but and, but it certainly makes for a wildly entertaining Big Ten East race. This might be the best Big Ten East race we have seen in a number of years because it's not just Ohio State and everybody else, supposedly. Uh, it's not just Ohio State and Penn State. It's not just Ohio State and Michigan. There are some legitimate cases to be made here that Michigan could be a really strong contender. The ESPN FBI really in love with Michigan right now. Second best chances of winning the Big Ten East right now ahead of Penn State. Penn State's the highest ranked team in the polls out of the, every team in this division, yet ESPN FBI has them with the third best chances of winning the Big Ten East because this is a division that could very easily beat itself up a little bit. So Penn State's got to go on the road against Iowa. They've got to go on the road against Ohio State. Those are not going to be easy. If they split those, Penn State's going to be in pretty good shape for at least a New Year's Six Bowl game, which we were talking about in the last segment. But Michigan coming into Happy Valley, we know that the home field advantage has tended to carry some of the momentum in that series in more recent years. Obviously, Penn State won last year's game in Ann Arbor, but home field advantage has been a little bit of a thing in this series over the last five or six years. I fully expect that it will be the case once again because you know that that's probably going to be a whiteout. I know it's a student section whiteout right now, but come on. That game's going to be a whiteout. You know it. I know it. Everybody knows it. Uh, so let's not even pretend like it's not going to be. Uh, and then again, Michigan State looking very formidable early on, battle-tested, very confident with their uh, offensive attack on the ground. Uh, could be a little bit of a tricky situation. Maryland might be able to play some defense too. A road game in Maryland, not necessarily easy. So Penn State has lots of landmines out there, but so does everybody else in the Big Ten East. So I don't know if Penn State should be the favorite to win this division. I still will go with history and suggest that Ohio State is still the team to beat, but I will entertain all cases right now because I think Penn State could win this division. I think Michigan could win the division. I think Michigan State could win the division. I'm not ready to go that far with giving you a percentage chance that it happens, but uh, Ohio State could win this division too. So 
everybody is in play here in the Big Ten East, maybe except for Indiana and Rutgers. And Maryland's probably not going to be a factor in the division race, but somebody's going to get tripped up by Maryland. You just hope that it's not going to be Penn State. All right, we went a little long with this episode. I apologize for that, so I will keep this very brief. But make sure when you're done with this episode, you head on over to the Odyssey app and check out the Locked On Bets podcast because your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, they're going to help get you started with some picks for tonight, this weekend. They've got their daily picks, their blowout specials, and, of course, their wrong team favorite picks. So check out the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts, including the Odyssey app. And while you're on the Odyssey app, make sure you're following the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast. Check out Locked On Big Ten, everything else across the Locked On Podcast Network. And of course, Locked On Nittany Lions is available wherever you get your podcasts. So if you're an Apple Podcast user or a Spotify user, however you're using a podcast app to listen to my voice right now, make sure you hit the follow button or the subscribe button. It's totally free to do so. So why wouldn't you do it right now? Once you're following or subscribed, leave those ratings and reviews coming in. That is the best way to show your support for our podcast. Another way to do so is by going over to our YouTube channel, giving the video a thumbs up and leaving a comment down below, making sure you are also subscribed to our YouTube channel. Hit that notification bell so you get notified every time a new video goes live on the channel. We're going to have some YouTube shorts coming your way throughout the weekend as well, so you want to make sure you're staying connected with our YouTube channel. It's been a lot of fun. We're going to continue having some fun over there as well. So you're following on YouTube, you're following on your favorite podcast app, why don't you follow us on Twitter, at LockedOnNittany. Give us a like on Facebook.com at Facebook.com slash LockedOnNittany. Don't forget, we're also on Instagram at LockedOnNittany. My name is Kevin McGuire. You can follow me on Twitter at KevinOnCFB. Check out all of my Penn State coverage over on NittanyLionsWire.com, a part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. I'm also a contributor to AthlonSports.com. Got some content that's coming up probably today, so I'll be sure to share that with you guys on the Twitter account at KevinOnCFB. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Let's do it all again tomorrow. Until then, have a great day. I'll see you then.